And now as we go along, we read from Hebrews, uh, the 10th chapter, verses 19 through 25. I encourage you to listen for the word of God. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Friends, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. For those of you who have kids or who have had kids that are maybe out of the house, have you ever witnessed how your kids know just how to push each other's buttons. Anybody notice that as a parent? Just how to get under each other's skin. Just how to provoke one another. I I knew going to school as a junior high student in Lexington, North Carolina, in the back seat of the car with my dad driving. This is before we got our licenses. And my sister, she was the oldest, so she got to sit in the front, ride shotgun. My younger brother and myself alongside me in the back. All I had to do was say, Sally, what did you do to your hair? (laughs) Or Sally, did did you mean for your makeup to look that way? That's all it took. And of course, it went both ways as she was skillful at pushing my buttons as well. Siblings know how to get under each other's skin. And and it's not just limited to children, is it? Married couples are pros at knowing how to provoke each other. We know what comment, what jab will get a rise out of our partner, will get under their skin, will provoke them. In fact, I dare say that more than a few of us have at one time or another actually enjoyed throwing that jab which we know will inevitably raise the hackles of its intended target. Well, the, the author of Hebrews encourages us to provoke one another, but in a slightly different way than the barbs I have been talking about. Hebrews is a, is a highbrow theological treatise which attempts to demonstrate how Jesus, our great high priest, is substantially different than anything or anyone else in human history. And more specifically, how Jesus, as our great high priest, replaces the priestly system of sacrifice prevalent in the history of Israel for centuries. Without going into great detail, the author of Hebrews, like a a lawyer building his or her case before a jury, one piece of evidence at a time, conclusively demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt one central truth. Christ is superior. Whatever has come before, Jesus beats it. 
Moses was a servant. Well, Christ is a son. The priests of Israel had to take into account their own sin. Christ is sinless. The sacrifice offered by the priests had to be repeated. The sacrifice of Christ is once and for all. Step by step, the author builds his case. In all respects, Christ and the priesthood of Christ is superior to anything that has come before in the history of Israel. Now, every once in a while, this author interrupts his brief and slips in a life lesson. You know, in the Bible, theology is never an academic exercise. Theologians and scholars, and yes, even preachers may make it so sometime. But in the Bible, theology always has a purpose. It leads to something. Put, alliterati alliterati put alliteratively, BBB, B-E-B-E-B-E. Belief begets behavior. BBB, belief begets behavior, if you wanted to know what in the world that was in terms of the sermon title. And one of these resulting behaviors, these life lessons, a sign that they are about to occur, to occur in this book is the word therefore. In chapter 2, we read, Therefore, we must pay greater attention to what we have heard. In chapter 4, Therefore, let us take care that none should seem to have failed to reach the promise. Chapter 6, Therefore, let us go on toward perfection, and so on. And such is the case here in chapter 10. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. In other words, therefore, in light of the superiority of Christ, in light of the fundamental way this Jesus has changed our relationship with God, Certain things follow. Certain patterns of living, certain changes in behavior are ushered in. Belief begets behavior. And for this particular life lesson, the author suggests three realities which those who embrace, embrace the theology which has been espoused are to incorporate, to appropriate into their lives, each one beginning let us. A big therefore, and then there are three areas you'll see. And in fact, you can show the slide now. I think we have it on, on a slide. Therefore, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith. We worship. Therefore, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. We endure. Therefore, let us consider how to provoke one another. We encourage. Three characteristics of the Christian life. Let us approach with a true heart. We worship. Let us hold fast to the confession without wavering. We endure. Let us consider how to provoke one another. We encourage. In your bulletin, you see words which came from way back in the third century. That's a long time ago. Cyprian, the bishop of Carthage, wrote to his friend Donatus, This is a cheerful world as I see it from my garden under the shadows of my vines. 
But if I were to ascend some high mountain and look out over the wide land, you know very well what I should see. Brigands on the highways, pirates on the sea, armies fighting, cities burning. In the amphitheaters, men murdered to please applauding crowds. Selfishness and cruelty and misery and despair under all roofs. To it is a bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and good people who have a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any of the pleasures of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people, Donatus, are Christians, and I am one of them. What an incredible confession. They have discovered a secret, Cyprian says. They have found a joy, a joy a thousand times better than anything else life has to offer. And what is he speaking of? They found Jesus. What did they do after finding Jesus? Among other things, they worshiped. They endure. They encourage. Belief begets behavior. Let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith. We come into the presence of God. We approach God. We worship. Not in order to attain or earn God's favor. Not to offer a sacrifice to appease an angry God as in the days of old. Rather, we worship as an act of faith. Worship is part and parcel of the mission of a Christian. Worship is not an option for the Christian. It's who we are. It's part of our identity, our mission. It's who we are and what we do. As, as a football team plays football, as a fish swims, so the Christian worships. That's what it does. Worship is a response, a response of grateful thanksgiving to the God who loves us and offers us life in all its fullness. Worship for the Christian is not an option. Secondly, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for the one who has promised is faithful. The Christian endures, perseveres, Time does not allow us to dwell too long here. Suffice it to say that there are many in this room who are examples of endurance, folks who have faced struggles. The circumstances have been cruel. They have wrestled with inner demons and they have persevered. As Cyprian notes, they have overcome the world. Such endurance, such perseverance is one of the marks of Christians throughout history. And the reason Christians are able to endure in the face of often seemingly overwhelming odds is because the one who promises is faithful. The promise that we said in baptism, I will never leave or forsake you, has proven to be true. The Christian endures. And finally, let us consider how to provoke one another to, good, to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. Christians provoke one another, and this is one of only two places in the Bible where provoke is used in a positive sense. Christians provoke one another to love and good deeds. Christians encourage one another. The author of Hebrews is suggesting that we use the same energy, the same creativity that we use to provoke each other in negative, cutting ways to provoke each other in positive, 
life-affirming ways. Provoke one another to love and good deeds. I love the, the way Eugene Patterson translate this sentence. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Friends, it is this very communal nature of Christianity which is its beauty and its power. How can we better help one another? How can I help you, encourage you to attend worship, to endure, to be a better husband or wife, father or mother, colleague at work? How can you provoke your family, the person beside you in the pew, your study partner, your Sunday school colleague, to be a better person? How inventive can we be in helping each other to be more complete, whole persons. I have discovered in the midst of this bad world a quiet and good people who have a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any of the pleasures of our sin sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. You see, what happens, friends, is that over time, as we worship regularly, as we become part of a community of faith and learn from others and with others, as we endure, we find our strength, our faith strengthened so that when trials come, we can endure, we can persevere so that we in turn then can then provoke others to share in the reality we experience. An experience Cyprian came to know. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. B-E-B-E-B-E. -E -B -E. Belief begets behavior. We worship. We endure. We encourage. Let's see how inventive and creative we can be Ensuring these characteristics define us as individuals and define us as a congregation. Let's provoke one another, not by sniping at one another or demeaning one another or belittling one another. Rather, let's pay it forward. Let's provoke one another and our communities to be the best and noblest and most loving we can be. What joy we might find. Let us pray. Oh God, you call us into fellowship. You call us into relationship. You call us into community of faith. And a behavior, the behaviors, at least part of those behaviors which follow our confession of faith, our belief, worship, endurance, encouragement. May we embrace these as part of who we are now and always. Amen.